0: Hello and welcome to the Meningitis Foundation New Zealand podcast. We aim to provide you with easy to understand information about meningitis and septicemia and the diseases that cause them, mainly pneumococcal disease and meningococcal disease. In this episode, I'm speaking with Lisa Williams. Lisa is the Director of Operations at Pharmac. And in this role, Lisa oversees a number of key areas, including the funding and procurement of medicines and medical devices, the strategy and development of the schedule and device work, as well as health economics team. Lisa has extensive experience with Pharmac and has been with the organisation since January 2008. She began as general counsel following several years in the UK, working for a large multinational pharmaceutical company. And from 2013 to 2018, Lisa led the pharmaceutical funding team within the operations directorate. She was appointed to a senior leadership team in February 2018. Thank you for joining us, Lisa. Thank you for having me. Yeah, can you tell me a little bit more about Pharmac? For those of our listeners that don't understand all of the different uh, organisations that are involved in access to medicines and to vaccines, what role does Pharmac actually play in? giving New Zealanders access to medicines and vaccines?
1: Yeah, so uh, Pharmac is New Zealand's government agency which decides which medicines are funded uh, within a fixed budget that is decided by the Minister of Health. So that means that we're the agency that assesses all new medicines applications and makes decisions about which ones will be reimbursed. Right.
0: And your role at Pharmac, I've I've mentioned the various uh, positions that you hold, but in that decision-making process, what is your specific role and responsibility?
1: Yeah, so um, the operations directorate at Pharmac is really what we would term the engine room of the work that happens around assessing new medicines. Um, There's a number of different teams and people that are really processing the applications that we received. Uh, We um, are doing our... um, it's running the process to get our clinical assessments and advice from um, uh, external experts. Uh, We're also doing economic assessment of those treatments and then the commercial negotiations with pharmaceutical companies. Vaccines are something that's slightly different for uh, Pharmac compared to most of the other medicines that we manage. Um, unlike most medicines that are used in the community, Pharmac actually manages the distribution of vaccines from the man- manufacturer to the vaccinator. Um Most people might think about Pharmac as being an organisation that actually purchases and supplies the medicines in New Zealand, but actually generally that's the pharmacist uh, that does the purchasing um, and the dispensing and they claim reimbursement for that product. Vaccines are slightly different. We are actually the purchaser uh, and we distribute them to general practices for free so that they can be administered to um, people in New Zealand that are eligible for receiving those funded vaccines. And do you cover not
0: just the funded
1: vaccines, but also those that are on the private market? No, we don't do that. So the only um, vaccinations that we're involved in are those that are funded by the government. So um, as you allude to, there is a private market, so general practices and other vaccinators can purchase um, vaccine directly. uh, And when they're delivering that to someone, uh, one of their patients, uh, those uh, would need to be paid for by the patient.
0: So when we have an outbreak of a disease like we recently saw in Northland with meningococcal W, that the vaccine for that isn't actually on schedule, so it's not a funded vaccine. Are you involved in, how are you involved in the delivery of that vaccine for programs and the, the purchase of the vaccines for those types of programs?
1: Mm. So, um, the meningococcal vaccine is actually funded, but just for a small group of people, people that are immunocompromised because of some other clinical condition that they have. Um, So, we do have an arrangement with uh, suppliers of uh, that vaccine. Most of our contracts with uh, manufacturers of vaccines for funded medicines do have something in them, particularly for vaccines, that the supplier would use their best endeavours to help us out in a situation where there was an outbreak. So what we do as part of the health sector's response to an outbreak is inquire with that um, manufacturer or other manufacturers, because we have um, good relationships with most of the pharmaceutical companies that supply in New Zealand, to see whether or not we can access product um, to uh, respond to a a vaccine uh, preventable outbreak. So we're working really closely with the Ministry of Health, uh, which decides and declares whether or not an outbreak is in place or not, uh, and with relevant DHBs to ensure that um, additional stock can be made available where that's needed. So that... I'm just thinking of of some of the
0: media reports around that time of the Northland meningococcal W outbreak. Obviously, that was the way in which you were able to ensure that there was enough vaccine in the country to get to those areas. Was Mm. that also why there was calls across the country of people that weren't able to access the vaccine? Is that they'd been prioritised to that
1: area? Yeah, so um, what happens generally when um, there is an outbreak um, and that's declared officially to be an outbreak uh, is we look immediately to see well how much stock do we have in New Zealand right now and we manage both a national store and some regional stores we contract uh, some specialist distributors to do that for us so we're asking them How much product do we have uh, that's available within the funded store for the funded programme? And generally, we carry a bit more stock than what we might normally need to use just for general usage, just in case there is um, some increase in demand for whatever reason. Um, And then we are also inquiring to see whether or not we can get more stock into the country. Um, And... When we find out that kind of information, answer those questions, how much stock is there in New Zealand, then we can have conversations with specialists, technical advisors, both to the Ministry of Health and to ourselves, about is there enough stock in order to vaccinate the the group of people that you might want to vaccinate to control um, an outbreak? And if it's not enough, um, what's the most appropriate public health response in order to target that um, amount of product to the people that are most going to protect the spread of any disease. Um, There's a number of other questions that you need to look at when you're managing an outbreak as well. Um, Can you get it to the relevant location and can you get it there quickly? Vaccines are really complex product. They they need to be um, shifted around in cold chain, uh, you need to make sure that the product that you're delivering is actually going to work and um, be efficacious. And if you have breaches in cold chain while it's being moved around the country, that means it can't be used. Um, other questions are are there actually vaccinators available to deliver it to the people that need it? So that's why it requires a whole of health system response for DHBs, SAMAC, the Ministry of Health uh, to work really closely together.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Very complex.
0: I understand that, but how successful yeah. has that most recent um, vaccination program actually been? Has there been any any data come through to to show that we were able to move quick enough and and vaccinate the right people and in the right space of time?
1: Uh, so. Pharmax involvement in that aspect of the programme is about making sure that we can get the stock that is available in the country to location. Mm -hmm. Uh, So we did that in terms of getting uh, the number of doses uh, that were available up to Northland. Questions about... um, success or um, the number of people that have been vaccinated through that programme, you'll have to talk to the Ministry of Health or the Northland District Health Board. I'm sorry I don't have that data available to me. That's okay. I'll do that.
0: Now, I also wanted to find out when we're talking about these vaccines that are funded, quite separate to the vaccination programmes, where what are the decisions or what is the information that's required to be able to look at um, moving a vaccine from the private market into the funded pharmac system so that they become freely available to all individuals or specific target groups within the New Zealand population?
1: Right, so um, we're not talking about outbreaks here, are we? We're talking about just generally how do we make decisions about funding new vaccines? Yeah, so um, uh, vaccines are just one kind of medicine that um, Pharmac uh, assesses for funding. Um, So as I said before, we've got a fixed budget. That means we've got to make choices about uh, which medicines are going to deliver the best health outcomes for New Zealanders. Um, So it's really important that we make these choices and decisions with expert clinical input. So we receive funding applications Generally, we receive them from the pharmaceutical companies that make them. They're the ones that have the access to the most information about the product. But we do receive applications from members of the public or medical practitioners as well. Um, And our expert specialists, uh, clinical specialists, we have an immunisation subcommittee and a general overarching um, committee. They look at the clinical evidence and they make recommendations to farmac about whether or not products should be funded or not. Uh, we look we have a decision making framework that we call uh, the Factors for Consideration and those guide us when we're making our funding decisions. So they include a range of components often interrelated. We developed these factors in 2014 uh, and that was just a couple of years after FarmaC became responsible for making decisions about which Um, vaccines were funded. We went out to New Zealand, around the country, and we asked people, what is it that you want us to take into account when we're making decisions about which medicine should get funded? Um, And so these factors, they explicitly drive us to look at things like health needs, how sick are people, um, what are the health benefits offered by the medicine or the vaccine itself, how much does it cost? How much would it save the health sector? Uh, and suitability issues. Is it you know, is it going to be three or four doses or just one dose? Um, and we also look at all of those um, factors across three different levels. How does it impact the person who needs the treatment? How does it impact the person's family, whānau and wider society? And how will it impact the health system if the product is funded? So when we are trying to assess all of these factors, those are all the things that we take into account when we're making our decisions. we seek advice from our clinical experts uh, then we do an economic analysis uh, and uh, we may do some commercial negotiations with the supplier as well uh, and before we make a decision we we generally go out to the public and um Uh, interested stakeholders within the health sector and we consult and we ask the views of people who might be affected.
0: I was just going to ask you, Lisa, how long does that process actually take from from where to go?
1: Yeah, so there aren't actually any fixed timeframes for when or if positive funding decisions are made. Um, As I said before, we're making choices between different medicines all the time. So the relative priority of funding one thing compared with another can change over time. Um, So it might be that the relative health benefits, the amount of funding we've got available, the success of the negotiations that we've been having with suppliers, or new clinical data coming in, they're all things that can change and can impact the relative uh, priorities of funding choices. But since 2012, when Pharmac became responsible for making decisions about new vaccines, um, we've added four new vaccines to the immunisation schedule and we've widened access to 13. So um, we're pretty pleased with what we've been able to do over the last um, five, seven years.
0: Do you know whether you've received applications for the funding of meningococcal vaccines?
1: Yes, yep, we have. Um, And in fact, our immunisation subcommittee took a look at those applications late last year uh, and have made some recommendations around that. Um, We are also in the process at the moment of running a commercial process for the supply of vaccines from 2020 onwards. So generally, every three to four years we run um, a process where we ask all the suppliers of vaccines, either currently funded vaccines or ones for which we've got open funding applications, to put in bids for um, their pricing uh, for the ongoing supply of the product so that they could be the sole funded supplier of each particular vaccine that's funded in New Zealand um, and they get um, a salt supply scenario for a three-year period. So we do that pretty early because it takes a bit of time to um, make changes in a vaccination schedule and to ensure that um, all of the clinicians are fully um, informed and trained about what the new uh, criteria are or, or the new products that are made available. We're doing an RSP right now. We've received bids. Um, and one of the things that we asked for bids for was for um, meningococcal products, both for current access, which is for people uh, with who are immunocompromised. Uh, there's both the Men's W and the Men's um, C um, that are funded for um, immunocompromised patients in New Zealand. Um And uh, we've also asked for bids from those companies for wider access for a more universal vaccination program. So adding it to the schedule for a much broader group of people. And we're currently in the process of evaluating those bids.
0: So does that mean that we are getting higher on the priority list and closer to a possible universal vaccination program for meningococcal B, C and possibly A, C, W and Y quadrivalent vaccine?
1: So what it means is that we're trying to see whether or not we can adjust some of the factors that we take into account. And one of those factors obviously is cost. Um, And by using a competitive process, we're seeing whether or not we can get the best price possible. Um, Once we've got that pricing and analysed it, we'll be comparing um, the option of investing in these treatments against other medicines that are before us as um, options to uh, make available for New Zealanders.
0: So where does the protection against meningococcal disease sit with regard to prioritisation of, with, with regard to other
1: um, disease
0: states that you're looking at?
1: Yeah, so what we have, what we at done at the moment is that we have ranked them and compared um, them against other treatments. That's probably, in terms of asking a question about where do they sit on our priority list, Uh, that's one of the most confidential things that Pharmac holds. Um, If you think about it this way, if a supplier knew that they were number one on our priority list, they're not going to negotiate the price. Mm -hmm. Uh, It's our job to get the best deal that we can for New Zealand because every dollar we save on one medicine is money that we can reinvest in spending on another medicine further down the list. So it's our job to get as far down the list of medicines as possible and and, and, um, make as many medicines available to New Zealanders as we can. So we, uh, we protect that information pretty carefully to make sure that we can do the best for New Zealand.
0: Lisa, when you look at the New Zealand health budget, obviously it's got to spread quite some distance. How do you allocate that budget to new medicines and particularly the consideration for preventative medicines such as vaccines and meningococcal vaccines?
1: Yeah, so we don't... um, Divide the budget that we're responsible for managing into different therapy areas. What we do is we forecast the amount that we think will be spent on um, medicines and vaccines that are already funded and available in New Zealand. And we calculate how much money we think that we might have left over in a year. And that's the amount of money that we could invest in new things. Um, since Pharmac became responsible for managing decisions about vaccines, the amount of money gross that's spent on vaccinations has nearly tripled. So it's gone from 42 million in um, 2013 to 130 million in 2018. Now, actually, the net price uh, of for vaccines uh, over time has reduced. And that's meant that we can invest in more new vaccines. So we've funded uh, four new vaccines on the schedule and widened access to other ones. What that means in New Zealand is that in 2013, there were about 1.7 million people that were getting vaccinated each year. Uh, in 2018, there were just over 2.1 million people being vaccinated. And that's not including the flu vaccine vaccine. Which about 1.2 million people get vaccinated uh, with the flu vaccine every year. Mm-hmm.
0: I suppose it's always going to be a balancing act, isn't it, as to the cost of the the vaccines and the budgets that are required to actually allow those to be delivered compared to the cost of hospitalisations, post-discharge care, rehabilitation, the impact on families, family members that can't work uh, because they're caring for a loved one and all of those other elements that we see as the burden of disease. So do you take into consideration that the investment up front for a vaccine compared to what it's going to save you over the years of by by reducing the um, the incidence of those diseases.
1: Yeah, absolutely we do. And in fact our um our economic assessments of medicines we do over a ten year horizon. Uh, so we're looking at things like effects on quality of life, can people work, perform their usual activities, what kind of pain or anxiety or mobility effects are they um, going to experience if they don't receive treatment, as well as the effects on their duration of life. We're looking at short-term and long-term effects. We look at the impacts on the health system, if you're going to avoid hospitalizations, um, and we're also looking at the change in the cost of medicines over time. So all of those things are taken into account um, when we're thinking about whether or not something is a a good investment. We're not looking for the cheapest price. We're looking to make sure that we're getting value for money because we have to make um, good choices with a fixed budget. Uh, But what we're wanting to buy is really good health outcomes for New Zealanders.
0: When we, we look at meningitis and particularly meningococcal, which doesn't have a funded vaccine at the moment, one of the, the biggest things that comes through from the patients and the, the people that are involved in um, meningitis care is that one death from meningitis is one death too many, particularly because it's a vaccine-preventable disease. How, how heavily does that weigh on you when you're, you're making these decisions as to the cost of a human life?
1: Yeah, um, look, the, the um, both impacts on the quality of life and um, the length of life are really important uh, in Pharmax assessment of new products. Uh, and, you know, one of the things that we heard from our community in 2014 when we developed the Factors for Consideration was that um, it wasn't Just the impacts to the individual that was uh, impacted by disease that they wanted us to look at. It was the impacts to um, the person's family, their Sano, and also to wider society. So, what we know in the case of vaccines is that um, they can assist with preventing the spread of disease to people. So, vaccinating, um, you know, people talk about that herd um, immunity. So, that that is very much one of the things that we take into account when we're assessing these needs.
0: Mm-hmm. And are there particular timeframes that you operate to? So, if if a decision is made in this funding round, um, how and and it may not be to fund the meningococcal vaccine, can there be another application? And and how soon is the next consideration round?
1: yeah so we're constantly looking at all the products that we've got open applications for um, We know that uh the the decisions that we make impact nearly every New Zealander. One of the things that we've been hearing over um the last year or so is that um, people are wanting our funding decisions to be faster. They're wanting up the information that we provide about them to be clearer and simpler. So we're doing some work to improve our processes and our transparency so that people can engage with the work that we're doing. But out of this particular funding round or competitive process that we're running, if we don't decide to invest in um, this particular vaccine uh, immediately, we'll still be working to see whether or not we can get a deal or um, more information that shows that it um, stacks up better than other treatments all the time. It's always our job to try and see if we can um, fund more medicines. Uh, and that's what, our, that's what my team loves to do. Uh, we want to make more medicines available to people.
0: Lisa, thank you so much for your time today. It's given us a, a little bit more of an insight as to the role of pharmac and when people are talking about access to meningococcal vaccines for A, C, W, Y or B, an understanding of the process that's involved in actually delivering those vaccines, not not just as part of an immunisation programme, but also the potential to be able to see them listed on the pharmaceutical schedule. So appreciate your time and thank you so much for sharing your information with us.
1: Thanks so much. It was really nice to talk to you. This is
0: part of a series of podcast episodes by the Meningitis Foundation, Aotearoa New Zealand, to raise awareness of meningitis, septicemia, pneumococcal disease and meningococcal disease. For more information, you can go to our website at www.meningitis.org.nz. Or go to our Facebook page. If you just type in the Meningitis Foundation, you should be able to find us without a problem. We look forward to having you join us for the next episode. Bye for now.